0: Holmes is in the gun, he's flanked right by his running back, his arms extended, three wide, gets the snap, four man rush, moves up, he gets a block, he runs to the near side, he's on the numbers, he breaks a tackle at the thirty. comes to the near side, breaks another tackle, down the sideline, 25-20, got a block at the 10, cuts inside, five, he's in, what a run! Down to two, down to one, the confetti falls and the fireworks will shoot off the rim of Arrowhead Stadium. For the first time in fifty years, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl.
1: This city deserved this, and uh you know what? The Arrowheads showing how much they're appreciative of it. I love them to death. This place is like nothing else, and we're going to try and bring home a
2: big old ring for them. Mostert has a hole. Mostert to the thirty. Turns on the Jets up the left sideline. Inside the ten. Inside the five. And a. T- Touchdown from 4 and 12 to Super Bowl 54. The San Francisco 49ers are going to the Super Bowl for the seventh time in franchise history. 37 to 20. San Francisco defeats Green Bay to win the NFC Championship. And Super Bowl 54 is set. It'll be the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco
0: 49ers in Miami for Super Bowl 54. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter and Matt Sherry with me as well with Super Bowl 54 set. The Kansas City Chiefs could finally win that ring for Andy Reid and for... Pat Mahomes, last year's MVP. What a story it would be him for him at such a young age. The 49ers become just the third team in NFL history to go from a four-win-or-less season to the Super Bowl the following year and a chance for Kyle Shanahan just to maybe, just maybe be able to get some kind of closure on that defeat for Atlanta against the New England Patriots. What a game we have set up and delighted to say that joining me is a surprise. Surprisingly cheery Ollie Hunter. He had some low points during the game, but he's back with us now. I did have some. I did go into
2: a few dark holes, but. Excuse me. Um, yeah, but. <laughs> The best team won. And I think it's it's not even close how... I think actually the, the the score, what was it, 34-20? I think that actually flatters Green Bay somewhat. 37-20 in the end with wow. the late
0: field goal. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And Matthew Sherry, who wasn't watching it with us in the studio, but was in constant contact over WhatsApp, is with us down the line from Hartlepool. Hey, buddy. How are there you feeling goes. about Super Bowl 54?
1: Yeah, great. I mean, I, I think... From the from the purely neural perspective, I think the best possible outcome in terms of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded I wouldn't mind the Titans getting there because I think they're interesting and 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 yeah. But I mean, the Packers were, were everything that I've said they've been. They were all season. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're just not a very good team. Certainly not a team who should be in the final four of a season. It's just quirky how the NFL works out sometimes and. And yeah, I've seen some I've seen some overmatched teams in conference championship games. The Colts spring to mind against the Patriots for the Deflerke, uh, yeah, but I'd put the Packers right there with them that they just didn't belong on the same field as the 49ers.
0: The um we've got I've just had confirmation down of the first line from Vegas. The Chiefs open up as one point favourites. Now I've already bet it. That is an astounding look. At just how tight this game of football could be, that we're starting at this point, it tends to drift. It tends to move. We know that it will uh, across the uh, across the the next couple of weeks. But I just, I honestly, insanely hyped as a football fan, away from the fact that I'm a 49ers fan for the matchup that we have got in front of us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that line will switch the other way, though. I think the 49ers will be favourites by the time the game starts.
0: That's why he's picking up on the
2: Chiefs early. Look at him. Yeah, classic, classic Sherry. Um, yeah, I, I kind of can see that. Offense is splashy. Jimmy Garoppolo only threw for eight passes and, and all of that. And offense is the stuff that, um, that you kind of remember
0: although (laughs) isn't it amazing by the way we had all those Derrick Henry stats over recent weeks about passing yardage and now it's the 49ers with that sub 10 passes the teams they're consistently compared to are the Shula Dolphins of 71 73 etc those are the teams who didn't pass the ball just ran it down the throat it's amazing that it's a style of football which in theory died out 30 years ago is the one that is carrying teams through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl is amazing should we start off so
1: go on Certainly to that level. I mean, you know, there's been running teams who have won the Super Bowl, the 85 Bears, the 2,000 Ravens, but they were teams built largely around an outstanding defence and still, certainly in the case of the Bears, you know, Jim McMahon made some huge players that season throwing the ball, but, you know, we haven't seen teams follow this level of blueprint to a Super Bowl since, since since the Mel Blunt rule, basically. So, it is interesting, I mean, it's and, and nobody saw it coming, did they? I mean, nobody saw this huge resurgence in the running game coming at a time when watching Patrick Mahomes last season. Just I always think back now to that game you boys were at, that Rams-Chiefs game, and how we thought that was the future of football and it forecast this forever change in the game. And just look at that 49ers team, look at the Titans team who get at the Championship game. Amazing how that has just totally flipped in 14 months and, and really... Perhaps the greatest indication is why we why we love this game so much. But I,
2: I, I'm not sure you can read too much into this game in particular because Green Bay's defense was so yeah bad, so porous. Can you be so porous? You're either porous, or you're not, aren't you? But it was <laughs> it was porous to the nth degree. but I think Raheem Mostert had 100, and, I think it was 120 yards before being touched which yeah. is insane amount of yards, 220 yards he had in total. Green Bay just absolutely dropped the ball. Mike Pettin, I, I think, should probably be sacked. I think his system has been completely shown up. And the only reason that Green Bay stayed in games is because they've got maybe three good players, which are the Smith twins, and I quite like Darnell Savage at the back. And that's it. That is it. And those guys have, have bailed him out and got him to a championship game you, when you see, they've been dreadful. That, but,
1: but actually, I, I I think the biggest endowment... I mean, I've liked Pettin in the past, but I think the biggest endowment of his season is that I think there's a lot of talent on that defence. I mean, Kenny Clark's a brilliant oh, yeah, Kenny, player. Yeah, yeah. Jair Alexander's one of the best young cornerbacks I'm in not football. Don't call him Adrian... one of the
0: best young cornerbacks, by the way. He doesn't like that. You just have to say best corner,
1: otherwise well, he's, he refuses he's not, to talk to not, him in the locker he's room. Not what, he's not one of the best cornerbacks, but he's one of the best young cornerbacks. That's, and Adrian Amos, I think, is, is, is a good safety as well. I mean, yeah, yeah I just think that... Yeah,
0: I mean, there's a lot to. Right, let's let's uh, go through it because you know we just, this is just a short little pod to kind of round off conference championship because of course when we're out in Miami you fly out uh, this week to go out to the Pro Bowl and we'll be getting loads of great content from there for Gridiron Matt with yourself and Josh and John but then we're out in Miami as a collective from a week today we're going to be doing shows every day from out in Miami we're going to be getting some great interviews on Radio Row I've already got uh, some pretty pretty good interviews lined up, including, by the way... Uh, by the way. ...been invited on the Saturday morning before the Super Bowl, Sherry, to a charity event where we've been promised time with Jerry Rice and Steve Young together.
1: So... Absolutely. That
0: sounds horrendous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely awful. Um we, we've you know there's going to be so much content from there that we just want to keep this brief and give our thoughts on on these games. So let's start off with the AFC Championship, the early game this evening the Chiefs down the Titans to make their first Super Bowl in 50 years a 35 to 28 victory. They rallied from a first half deficit with 28 consecutive points and it felt like the game plan for Tennessee, the game plan from a Chiefs perspective for Tennessee worked absolutely exactly did what it had to do despite the Titans getting up early and they didn't do what the Ravens did, for example, and panic and move away from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I just, I just think that the Tennessee's defense killed them in the end. I think they've schemed around it brilliantly in the playoffs. Um, but, coming up against that offence and and you know Mahomes now is 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 almost changing the way coordinators have to think you know you saw Tennessee's game plan was was heavily leaning towards just trying to keep the ball off him and that's that's where it's got to that's how good he is um I think that he has taken a huge step forward from the end of the regular season to the playoffs which is has been enormous for the Chiefs and it's just just a pleasure to watch him I mean that I wouldn't give Tennessee any criticism for anything they've done in the postseason. I mean that had they won today that would have been the greatest run through a postseason ever to the Super Bowl. And, you know, they've they've been an incredible story in themselves, but, you know, just, just too too tough an ask to come up against Mahomes. And just a grown Kansas City defence. I mean, I thought they would struggle all day with Derrick Henry, but they did a really nice job on him in the second half, which which I guess you would say boards. Decently for for the Super Bowl as well, and yeah, just the the Chiefs just the Chiefs are back to what we thought the Chiefs were at the start of the season. Now that lull in the middle of the season, but now they just they just look outstanding and and potentially about to give Andy Reid his his ticket finally into Canton. Even though I think he, he might have got there anyway.
2: I really I, like that you brought up the defense because. Uh, we we spoke a, a little bit about Tyrion Matthew the honey badger on the, the talk sport coverage, but him he, against Kittle in two weeks time it's going to be way. stunning. It's going to be <laughs> stunning. But he had a he, his evol- evolution evolution into into a, a hybrid role has been has been revolutionary. And then you've got uh, Frank Clark being excellent and a player who I think's been superb in. The postseason has been Daniel Sorensen and that uh, first down stop that he made on Ryan Tannehill, and you could yeah. hear that that hit from the other side of the Atlantic. Let alone uh, through let, our TV screen. Yeah, exactly. It was just a, a kind of it was a real statement hit from him, and and I thought the whole defense kind of reacted to that as well. The defense has been brilliant, and all right, they, they've got those offensive weapons, but when you can. Const- restrict henry to 69 yards the guy that everyone thought was going to cause them the biggest amount of problems i'm super impressed with what they did on defense
1: yeah i, mean, I think Spaggs has been the best assistant coach the kind of second half of the season um just done a great job and, and and i think the exciting part for kansas city is you know we always knew they didn't need that good defense to be very difficult to be because of how good their offense is but you know the, the Spagnolo's not getting another head coach job anytime soon so you, good chance you can you can keep that whole staff together. So, yeah, it's very promising signs all around for Kansas City.
0: And one player who did come back in this game was Chris Jones. He was only really in on pass rushing downs because of the nature of his injury. But in that time, they did get a lot of pressures on Tannehill. And this is where I think it's potentially different from what we saw tonight to what we might see in, in two weeks' time. Again, I don't want to preview the Super Bowl too much going to do it so much the titans much like the ravens are a team designed to lead from the front designed to run the ball and i just didn't think they got enough out of their their playmakers when they were down and and yes you can praise what the the defense did of the chiefs but it did feel like it just was the step too far like whether it's down to arthur smith's play calling the offense actually managing to to make their to to execute the plays or whether it was literally just Four weeks on the road against four divisional leaders. Big emotional wins, big tough road grading wins. Just felt like it might have been that step too far. So I think it's going to be interesting to see this Chiefs defence go up against a team which the Garoppolo question will come up time and time again over the next two weeks, of course. But a team that we discussed in our in our WhatsApp group has five, six, seven weapons available to them that can all Mm. impact a game. And I think it was a big...
2: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sherry. No, carry on. Well, just very very briefly back onto the Tennessee Titans. I thought it was a a big loss losing Rashawn Evans. Um, he's the guy that's yeah. kind of made that defense tick, the quarterback of the defense. And as soon as he went down and, and out of the game, and I know Wesley Woodyard, a friend of uh, both mine and Willie's, I, he came in, but... Um, you can't replace a guy like Rashawn Evans, who's had a really good second half to the season. So that was a big loss. But Chiefs, roll on two weeks' time in Miami, and actually seeing that young team, that young quarterback in and around um, Super Bowl week is going to be really exciting.
1: I think, I think for the for the Titans as well, I mean, I, I still think that the Malcolm Butler injury early on in the season killed them, because they, they just had to play zone, and... And and you just, you can't live like that against against Mahomes, particularly when, and this is what's going to be different in two weeks, is I thought the big difference in the game was that Tennessee's rush just could never get home. And, you know, I think Dane Peace knew it, it couldn't get home, so send a lot of three-man rushes home to, to win on the back end. And you, you just can't do that against Mahomes because he's, he's 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 just got too much mobility. He can, he can hit the receiver perfectly soon as he hits that soft spot in the zone, so... So, yeah, it was just a tough matchup all round. I think all the points were made, you know, the tough wins that they've had, the road that they've had to travel. And also, I actually think, ultimately, that we saw roughly what the ceiling is for a Ryan Tannehill quarterback team as well. And, and I love the Tannehill story. But, I, I mean, if I was the Titans, I would be going balls out to try and sign Tom Brady in the off-season. Because I just think that that team is literally... You put him in, in that team and you might get him into Tennessee now after what you've done this season. I think that that could be a, an appealing proposition. And Vrabel's one of his best friends. So,
2: Would you become What's a Titans fan if
1: that happens? <laughs> yeah, that would become my second team. I mean, I'd, I'd, I would never... What, no ahead of the Bills? Tom Brady win a, win a Super Bowl. Absolutely, would you? Uh, okay. Sean McDermott. The yeah. the um
0: the Chiefs in the second half did become a bit more of a running team and did become a, a team that... that got some yardage on the ground, but they still, you know, they put the ball in Mahomes' hands when they needed to and he made the plays. I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether or how heavily they can lean on that run because as we've seen throughout the season, the 49ers are a team that you can get beat in the screen game and you can beat by running the ball between the tackles. We've seen it. A number of teams do it. We saw Green Bay do it on their opening drive of the second half. I'm not sure... I'm not, <laughs> this is ridiculous, this is nitpicking in a Chiefs offence which obviously is as explosive as hell but they aren't necessarily designed to exploit a particular weakness in the 49ers.
1: No, but I mean, they're also not going to have as game plan as preposterous as the one that Matt LaFleur drew <laughs> for the night's game.
0: <laughs> All right, fair. I think that's fair. Um, the uh, so fair play to the Chiefs hoisting the Lamar Hunt Trophy for the first time since it was renamed, going back to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. There'll be so much to talk about with this team, and, and uh, you know whether it's the lovable Pat Mahomes or the other pieces of their offense, we'll, we'll definitely be getting <laughs> into it a lot over the coming weeks from a Titans they've perspective. They've got an absolute
2: weapon on that offense, don't they?
0: I think they've got a couple of them. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, mate. sure. Yeah, that, that's very, that's very true,
1: in, in every sense of the word. Yeah,
0: but but I am excited from a Titans perspective. The coaching staff will stay together. Derek Henry, you know, I can't imagine there's any way he gets out of the building. There are building blocks there. I don't think there'll be a nine and seven team again next year. I think there'll be a, a playoff team again, barring catastrophe. And, and there's plenty to be excited about for Titans fans, even though you're obviously disappointed this Monday morning. Let's turn our attention then to the San Francisco 49ers, eventually trouncing the Green Bay Packers. They got a little frisky in the fourth quarter. Uh, a late field goal making it 37 to 20 for San Francisco. And not unlike last week, they made the plays they needed to make in the first half to establish a lead. Or actually last week it was early in the, th- in the third quarter. And then they just went right. Time to just run the ball 40-plus times. That's all we're going to need to do. I I don't think they're going to be able to do that against the Chiefs because there's every chance the Chiefs are going to have leads at some points. But, I don't know, San Francisco, I asked the question to Ollie on air. It's weird to think about how they've got through these last two games without having to have been battle-tested particularly.
1: Yeah, and... and, and I think, again, that sums up the, the quagginess of the, the whole NFC playoff picture because, you know, you, you have that game against Seattle in Week 17, which really is knife-edge of the season because I think if you have to go three road games, it's a different story for the 49ers. But not only do you have those players at the end of that game go for you, you end up playing a Vikings team who, as impressive as their performance was in New Orleans, was similar to Green Bay and their there was just nowhere near a matchup, and then, and then, as I've said, you know, the, the Seahawks team's banged up, terrible coaching, ends up losing to Green Bay, who then end up in this NFC title game. So, without wanting to criticize anything the 49ers have done, because they've absolutely blown those teams off the field. Like They've just ended up... It's just landed right for them. You look 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 at what happened
0: in New Orleans earlier in the season. You look at what happened in the two games against Seattle. And I I said this to Ollie. The win in Week 17, actually, even though literally isn't bigger than these last two wins, is the biggest win of their season because of the bye week, because of who it meant that they faced, Mm -hmm. because they got home field and Levi's felt like home field this year. And the fact that it let that defence get healthy after playing for 13 straight weeks... We saw the defence drop off in a big way late in the season, and I think it was massively because of health. They've now got everyone back, making plays. Dre Greenlaw's a potential worry to miss because he was been really good in the linebacker rotation in recent weeks if that ankle injury's bad. But otherwise, this team is is basic. And Tevin Coleman, we don't know about yet, who had the the nasty-looking shoulder-slash-pectoral injury. But... Outside of that, it's a really healthy unit and they wouldn't have been that without the bye week. And don't you think it's incredible that on both conferences, in both conferences,
2: one particular moment has changed the entire makeup of the playoffs and therefore who Potentially would have got into the NF into the Super Bowl. So Fitzmagic score, uh, ma- making yeah. that touchdown against mm-hmm. the uh, against the Pats meant the Pats to fell give out, the Chiefs second fell teams, out. Yeah. Give the Chiefs yada yada, and then the 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 Seattle touchdown not given the stop on the six inch line exactly. If Seattle win that game, Green Bay have the number one seed, and we could which think, is
1: astonishing.
2: Which is which is astonishing, but. You know they're a different team at home with the cold at Lambo, and all of that it it it's incredible that it comes down you know it's a whole year and then you've got seventeen weeks sixteen games and right at the very last moment all of it is is a coin flip away it's a it's a a whisker away from it being completely different on both sides of the conferences, and actually, I think it's for the best because San Francisco have been the most consistent and best team in the a- in the NFC. And bar a, a, a Mahomes injury to the Chiefs, they would have completely walked. I think the um, the AFC. So actually, it's all shaken out, and and to. For for it to have shaken out in the right way and the correct way and the best way for neutrals like myself and Matt Sherry,
1: Next. yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you, you just get you do just get a good matchup in this Super Bowl, and that's that's the win. I mean, it's it's like you say, it's worked itself out in a, in a strange way. Um, like like I just think had the Saints played the Niners tonight; it would have been a, a much more competitive game and. And and yeah, it's just it's just fascinating. And I think that's a really great point on week seventeen. You don't you don't think about week seventeen now because we've had kind of three layers of of playoff weeks, but but just huge in terms of the makeup of the postseason.
2: Sherry, you're absolutely right. I think the Saints would have put up a more interesting game given all of the interesting things that Peyton had done with that offense and how much more of a rounded offense. Uh, the Saints' is compared to the Packers. Now, if you look at um, the stats, Rogers, just under a 100 rating, 97.2, but he had those two interceptions. One was a bad throw, the other was just a Hail Mary-esque one that uh, Sherman picked off right at the end of the game. And, he, you know, he had an okay game, 31 for 39. But I actually think some of the play calling um was really basic. A lot of a lot of uh, checkdowns or swing passes out to Devontae Adams. And Kurt Warner on the radio coverage said something really interesting. If you're throwing it to Devontae Adams, who is the best of a group of receivers, five receivers that are exactly the same player, he just seems to be, he's just the best. He doesn't have an extra burst that you need when you're getting those swing passes. He doesn't have like breakaway stuff. It's no, just a really I mean, good route well, what runner. What
1: is, yeah, what his skill is, is... That he's the best rider even the NFL at beating a, a cornerback off the line of scrimmage, which means that a swing pass is ludicrous. And, I you, mean, and you
0: saw it on Richard Sherman yeah, on exactly. that huge chunk yeah. play in the third quarter. Exactly. It just doesn't make it. I mean,
1: I think the frustrating part for me is as a neutral fan is, and I've said this to you boys now for three weeks on this show, but there, there was a very clear blueprint to how to attack this 49ers defence, and it was the one that McVay put on on film in week 16 you know, move the pocket around, negate the pass rush. And, and like, not every team can do that. Like, if the Patriots or the old Broncos played, they, they couldn't do that with Tom Brady and Manning. But if you look at the opponents they've played in the playoffs, they've had the... I mean, they've had basically the same offensive system as McVay. I mean, it is the same system. You've got Stefanski running, the, essentially, the Shanahan system. And then, obviously... Um, Lefleur tonight is running exactly McVeigh's offense. So I just I just don't get how how Matt Lefleur can look at that in week sixteen and not say, "Well, that's going to be our game plan." And for the the game plan in the first half was just baffling. I mean, it was literally the same thing that we saw in the regular season. So many passes behind the line of scrimmage that don't don't go anywhere. And and then separate to that, I mean, I I don't know how you would have ever gone into this game and and thought anything other than it has to go through Aaron Jones, and, and it never. Well, why didn't it go through Aaron Jones? Yeah. It's almost like he got taken in by those three-third down throws by Rodgers last week and thought, we're going to have to build the game around Aaron Rodgers, even if that's not the best way to attack this defence. I just thought it, I mean, it was just a shocking night for him. It was it was it was, it was really funny hearing yeah. how
0: apoplectic Ross Tucker and Kurt Warner were about the game plan, particularly I mentioned it already, but the first drive out in the third quarter. And you can look at the two later touchdowns which included the big chunk play to Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams and and wonder whether there was a foot off the gas element from the defence or a wearing down, whatever it might be. But the the actual drive to start the third quarter was a well game planned well schemed well put together piece of offensive football just they didn't do that anything like that at any other point in the game and had they done it earlier they might not have been down 27 points at halftime but also, and, and
1: then the the whole game changed but also separate to that the on, on defense one more thing on on the on Penn. like we watched in the super bowl last year how you have to beat this offense you have to put six men on the line of scrimmage and essentially stop the run and say, right, if you can beat us with the rest, fair enough. But an NFL team in a championship game should be able to decide that they want to do one thing. So just so you say, that thing is stop the run. And based on what we saw from Garoppolo tonight when he nearly threw an interception in one of eight passes, you know, that was clearly the way to go into that game. To not be able to do that on defence either, it just speaks to, it's very clearly, Mike Pettin running the defence, Lafleur running the offence. There's no kind of complementary game plan. And, and, and that, that has been one of many concerns that you've had for the Packers all season. And, and truthfully, I would expect, looking ahead to next season, a, a huge regression. Because I've just not seen anything outside of the record that suggests that it's sustainable for Green Bay now to be a top two team in the conference. Because they weren't this year, they just were via by by
0: circumstance yeah Sherry has come into this with that bias already in mind because it's it's been his thought for the season but there's no doubt it was confirmed if there's a confirmation bias that we can allow the performance tonight probably is that it does then raise the question McCarthy was supposedly wasting Rodgers for years that's what people say about him since they last went to the Super Bowl what will now be 10 seasons ago even if they do go back next year we're Probably talking about a one championship quarterback at this point, thirty seven going into next season. Amazing considering the level of talent the man has.
2: Eight eight playoff losses and Clancy's put in our WhatsApp group what's happened. I'd I'd seen this.
0: I I saw this put up when it was seven playoff losses previously, and it's obviously now been updated. So eight playoff playoff losses. On those eight
2: occasions, the defense gave up on one occasion forty five points, thirty seven, another forty five. In another game they he led the game tying uh, game tying drive and never got the ball back that happened three uh, two other times then the last the last but one time in two thousand and sixteen the defense gave up forty four points this time the defense gave up thirty seven points Aaron Rodgers plays well in big occasions he just isn 't backed up by the rest of the team he has poor coaching poor play design poor game management um, from from coaches. Another baffling thing for me is, and this has happened all this season, there has been barely any hurry-up. Any any let's hurry up and get to the line of scrimmage and, and throw get a, a load of plays off. That's the kind of thing that we were told at the beginning of the season would happen. This has barely happened. Rodgers is fantastic when he is in the groove and, and, and has everything at his fingertips under his control. Let him do it. And against the 49ers team who like to rotate on that front seven it, as well. Absolutely. Keep those guys in. Get Bosa gas. That will help you da- further down the line. That didn't happen. The first, that drive that you were talking about, the seven minute long drive, it was seven minutes. We're down 34, whatever it was. 27, nothing. 27, nothing. It was seven minutes. Let's go, let's go, let's go. No, that didn't happen. And that's been happening all this season. And somehow we fluked our way to 14-3 and three to make it to this championship game and then we get embarrassed. And breathe. Sorry, guys. Love you, buddy. I'm really sorry.
1: No, it's it is true. And I mean, and, and I thought you were going to ask there, what, what do we say on, on Rodgers? But I mean, you say that well, he's that was my that was my initial
0: question, but Ollie had some pretty valid points to make.
1: Yeah, he, he completely did, and I, th- I agree with them all. I mean, I, I wouldn't say this coach and staff as as I mean, I just don't think they're very good. I mean, I, I, I think that look at Tennessee's offense since Matt LaFleur left. I mean, that's the only t- he's been. He's a one-year offensive coordinator who was pretty terrible for the one year that he did it in Tennessee, and they've improved dramatically since he left. Look. Like, like you said, I'd, they've been a weird team, the Packers, because they're thirteen and three, and there's there's been so little that I can find to love about it outside of some talent on defense and and even Rodgers, to be fair, I mean, he hasn't played well this year or for the last couple of years. Now, and, and I certainly think that in previous playoff occasions, like the, the stats Ollie quotes, certainly he wasn't at fault for a lot of those losses. I mean, you had Dom Capers running ludicrous defensive schemes for a lot of those years, um, so I think over his career. Over the balance of his career, he definitely hasn't—they haven't made the best of him. I, I, I think the last three years has had—he's had a lot to do with it personally. But yeah, I mean, it's just been a shame, hasn't it? I mean, it's fascinating that you see—you see Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers in this—in this postseason in this struggling. These are two all-time greats struggling to get to a second quarterback. I mean, and a second Super Bowl, sorry, and then you know. The guy that they compared to in the same era got to nine. I mean, it just shows the discrepancy. And I would say a lot of that is... Is is the coach and the Tom Brady's had? And I mean, I, I would always take Tom Brady over those guys, but you, you've got to have both working in unison. And there's no way Rodgers has had that in his career.
0: I uh, I had an amazing direct message from a guy called James Musselwhite, who's um who's a professional photographer, actually does wrestling photography, but he's been getting into the NFL over the last couple of years, and, and occasionally fires me little questions and stuff. And he just messaged me this at the end of the uh, at the end of the Chiefs game. He just put Mahomes is just. F- destined, isn't he? And I feel like if there is any quarterback who is going to step into the shoes of Tom Brady, that's the man. None of these other that we've been talking about. None of these other, you know, who have never had it built properly around them. If they can keep the coaching and the team building around him. And I'm sure he's going to become a 40 million pound, 40 million dollar a year quarterback this offseason. The highest paid ever. But just... Yeah, it just astounds you when you do have so much talent. There are guys that just never get back, or when they do get back, don't win it, and only come away with the one where you've got the, the Eli Mannings of this world with two of them.
1: Ridiculous! I mean, look at, look, look at Brett Favre in the mid-90s. He had mm-hmm. that runway. won three MVPs in a row, two Super Bowl appearances in a row, won the first one. If you'd have told people after the, the Packers lost to the Broncos that Brett Favre would never get to another Super Bowl, I mean, they thought you were on drugs. But you know, it it does just happen like that sometimes. It's it's, and that's why Mahomes now capitalise on it. You know that I think Mahomes will probably go to multiple Super Bowls, but but you just never know, and and you, you got to capitalise when the chance comes.
2: Especially when you think of the talent that's coming out of college in the next two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. They
2: could fall, and you could, and. The, the talent in, on on QB and in in the quarterback position, but also coaching talent, and we the, it could all completely see change again. And we we've seen um, we've seen that happen on on a decision, on a play that uh, that uh, the playoffs can change, and that can happen in in the regular season. That can happen in careers. You never, never, ever know.
1: I'd, got, I'd just, I just one final thing on the 49ers as it relates to coaching. Somebody should phone Mike Shanahan next off-season and try and get him back in as a head coach because this, this, this is an extension a. of his <laughs> old legacy. It, this has been a
0: real point de jour of uh, of uh, of yours for a while, but you have to say how much he was enjoying that today up in the yeah. box and we got a lot of cutaways to him. Clearly still in love with football. I, I'll take tempt him, him out if you can
1: tempt him well exactly I mean honestly if you put him in Green Bay next year they'd be a million times better football team than they are right now can you imagine a return
0: to the divisional championship next year to the conference championship next year a repeat of this game but this time it's father son coaching against each other it would be the greatest story ever told in the NFL and that is saying something in a sport that loves a narrative Oh, you've got me dreaming now
1: and I've got a great narrative on this game by the way it's uh, 25 years exactly since the forty nines last Super Bowl went 50 years exactly since the Chiefs that's cool isn't it it's amazing how the wagon knows in kind the 100th ludicrous season intervals. yeah
0: whoa we're working in quarters guys we're working in quarters right we're gonna get some sleep. You're probably listening to this now while we're all in bed. Ollie's I'm gotta not. get back up to come back in for cricket coverage. <laughs> yeah. It's alright, it'll be done by about eleven AM when we skittle them, so it'll That's be fine, true. mate. It'll be fine. Um so thank you for listening. There'll obviously be no later pod this week because you're gonna have to deal with having five or six from us over a, a very short span once we're out in uh in Florida. But thank you for for listening and for all your support over the season. For those who did get in touch with us on the tweet I put out as well to uh Jacob, Ricky, Ben. And everyone who's still up, still listening, still enjoying Kel-bo. themselves, Kelbo as well. Uh, thank you so much for your support, and uh, yeah, we'll see you in Miami, guys. And I promise you, Ollie Hunter will be a cheerier man in the sunshine.
2: Can I give you a final thought,
0: Ollie? I always come to you ahead for a final of Florida. Thought.
2: It took me, I reckon, fifteen years before I realised that Flo Rider is Florida. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Blew my mind. That's up there with uh, my good friend Adam, who, while we were on a stag do, walked past a suit shop, and outside it said, Bespoke Suits. And this guy's massively into his hip-hop, big Kanye West fan, and just looked at it, and spoke the line from American Girl Out Loud to himself, and just went, Before he speak, his suit spoke Before he speak, his soup bespoke!
1: It's genius! Of
0: a song that was at least a decade old at that point. It was glorious. And Ollie having that re- realisation about Flow Rider is well up there. Yeah. I love that, buddy. Topical as well, so, you know. <laughs> Good man. Sherry, we'll see you in Florida, buddy. Enjoy your trip out with Josh and John to the Pro Bowl. Uh, and uh, everyone should keep an eye out on Gridiron and at UK Gridiron on Instagram because there's going to be some brilliant stuff there. As
2: oh, well, yeah. Right? And uh, head to... The website, Gridiron hi Magazine. Click on events and make sure you get tickets to our Super Bowl party. Yeah, it's no one knows, it. Yeah, just a fiver. You can see the Chiefs and the 49ers with great pizza and bowling at Bloomsbury Bowling Lanes. It's fantastic. It's a great, great night. Oh, I'm
0: so excited.
2: Pizza's so good as well. Oh, it's the
0: best pizza.
2: I could eat that right now, actually,
0: to, to be fair. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers, Jezza. Cheers, Ollie. This has been The Gridiron Show.
2: Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy-dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne, smashing through injustice. She is our winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit! You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive sport relief merchandise at your nearest Sainsbury's.
1: Sport relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast.